Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Sunny on from interviewer.ai. We're going to be learning about the use case, business case, for why clients buy interviewer.ai. And so uh, without any further ado, Sunny, would you please introduce yourself and interviewer.ai? Sure, William. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Sure. So hi. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Sunny, co-founder and CEO of interviewer.ai. It's an all-in-one video recruitment software. Um, over the past decade, I've been fortunate enough to work with companies like Google, MySpace, some of you remember, remember it, and LinkedIn. Um, I'm based in Singapore, and uh, there's one small, tiny nation where there are more jobs than there are candidates. And one of the challenges that I found at LinkedIn was as a hiring manager, you are constantly hiring for resources in, say, Australia or Hong Kong. And uh, because you're LinkedIn, um, you attract hundreds of uh, applicants. So how do you go about from hundreds of applicants to the four or five that you should be investing your time with? Um, and that's the challenge that we are solving with interviewer.ai. Um, we want to become the default interviewing platform of choice uh, in a way that we combine the application process with a pre-interview round before a human face-to-face interview round takes place. Um, we have hundreds of customers, largely uh, small businesses, universities, and staffing agencies all over the world. Um, so so real, real quick, just so the audience understands, uh, in, the, in the video, um, interviewing space, uh, at least historically, there's been kind of synchronous versus asynchronous. Mm-hmm. And so for the audience, just explain kind of what the difference is and, and where, what, what y'all believe in. Sure. So um, um, as you rightly pointed out, uh, the, the video interviewing space is not new. It's been there for over eight to nine years. And we have asynchronous and uh, synchronous uh, video interviews. Uh, and there is innovation happening in both the spaces. Uh, we uh, operate in the asynchronous video uh, space. Um, imagine you are hiring in this remote uh, hiring environment where uh, you're dealing with multiple time zones, people are busy, people are juggling their work life um, and, and want to do things at their own time. Uh, asynchronous video interviews, in a way, uh, solves for it because you're still using the structured interview techniques and you're kind of doing situation and behavioral interview uh, assessments uh, at the convenience of the candidates. I love that. Now, where in the funnel do you, does uh, do, you, do you, does your clients like to put interviewer.ai? Uh, William, this is top of the funnel. Um, we are getting into a territory which is uh, pre-interview, pre-screen, pre-assessed candidates. And neither the candidates uh, nor the businesses want to go through a long hiring process. Right. So you want decisions within a week or so, uh, not months that we, are, we were used to before the pandemic. 
So, and, and just so we, uh, everyone understands, um, interview.ai is going to be in the workflow. It's going to be integrated with, uh, I would assume, all kind of ATSs or, or whatever ATS. Where, are you, where do y'all play in the market? Are y'all uh, enterprise or are you SMB or you're somewhere in between? Uh, we are in the SMB space, actually. Yeah. Okay, so 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 then the ATSs that people use that are there, uh, things like Jazz HR and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it would be integrated there. Someone applies for a job, yes. and then Interviewer.ai serves up a way for the like interview questions that are important to the company the candidate asks. Mm-hmm. If I'm explaining this correctly. And, and then the candidate would then answer those. I'm sure it's mobile friendly. And, uh, and so they would answer those questions and then recruiters or hiring managers would then be able to, to look at those responses and then figure out which candidates that they'd like to move forward or is there some other uh, parts of the process that happen? Uh, sure, William. So you bring an interesting point. So for example, you look at ATSs all over, Jazz HR is one, Greenhouse is another that we integrate with, work with Workday. Uh, there are so many others, but an easiest way to explain how we come in is uh, LinkedIn. Um, so you post a job on LinkedIn, on the apply button, uh, we already are integrated. Um, and then all the candidates that apply for the job, they just put in the resume, uh, answer a few, uh, questions under what we call as a work map assessment, and then answer three to five questions, uh, which is an asynchronous video interview, where they were explaining um, what have they done, who they are, and why do they want to join the company. Um, and then in a dashboard, they will get all candidates stack ranked um, by different parameters uh, from uh, the resume scoring to say work map assessments to the video interview. Um, in the asynchronous video interview space, um, what we have uh, done is, is something very innovative, which is um, in a face-to-face interview, which research says that you're looking at likability. So if you break down likability, you come up with things like professionalism, uh, sociability, uh, you know, energy levels, um, and communication skills. So these are a few parameters that you can break it down. Like, are you sociable? Will you get along with your teammates? Um, are you, do you have good energy? Um, these are very, very simple things that people look for uh, when you're doing the, in the top of the funnel, whether, when you're deciding whether you want to spend 30 to 40 minutes of your team's time in evaluating this candidate or not. Um, so that's where we come in. Oh, and we have... Yes, it's, it's, it's exciting that, um, you know, uh, we have seen that you identify one, they, they're looking to hire one person, but they end up saying, hey, this person might not be suitable for this role, but maybe for the client services role, this mm-hmm. person would be great. <laughs> and, and this has have been happening quite a bit now. Um, and yeah. you can share their digital profiles and, you know, share it with all the hiring managers across the globe. Well, you know, very, very what's great is that, you know, they're interested in the company and they're interested in that position. But if, if, uh, if, it, if they're better suited for another position, it's just, it's, uh, it's found art. It's easy for the recruiters to say, you know what, or they filled that position, but they've still got this wonderful candidate. Um, a couple of things. One is you get the question all the time, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's related to kind of hiring bias. 
So mm -hmm. how do you how do you kind of talk clients through, you know, uh, hiring bias and how to you know how to use video in in kind of more appropriate ways, etc. Um, I mean, to to bring up uh, your earlier point, uh, what used to happen at, at companies where I used to work, like Google, you apply for a position and you cannot apply for another position for the next six to eight months. Those times are gone. Um, and what we are seeing with with uh, you know the hiring bias or uh, basically any bias that comes in because of your unconscious or conscious nature of how you know people. Um, we are seeing that uh, structured interview techniques are, is one of the best ways to go about it. Um, so don't get me wrong, hiring is subjective. William, if you hire somebody um, and you are the CEO of a company, you would hire differently than how I would hire. It is subjective, it's your understanding of what the company needs, um, what the team uh, composition is, what you want from that person, uh, how you want to drive that. Um, so you will make your own uh, choice, um, but how uh, how can we make the whole process data driven? How can we point out the right candidates? Um, so, for example, on the resume side, we look at uh, things like skills, uh, academic qualifications, and experience. So you're at least getting that that bucket right. We're looking at whether this person is collaborative or not, or, or things like um, will this person excel in a team or in a remote environment? Those kind of things are assessed. And then in a in a you know in a for video interview setup, you're looking at okay, can this guy really thrive? Is he is he interested in the company? So once you do that, and uh, you are not really uh, there's no bias there. We are blind to age, race, um, skin color. Uh, we go extra lengths to ensure we train the models in such a way that there's no bias that comes in. But um, over time, as you go through the funnel you'll notice that um, you have made certain choices and um, you're shortlisted certain candidates and you've gone and hired few people. Um, maybe uh, cyclically, maybe in six months, maybe a year's time, you can analyze that data um, to look for whether you're um, you know, hiring from certain universities or from certain companies or, or is there any kind of uh, disparity that's coming in? Um, so there's all data that there, there are some amazing tools. Uh, uh, I mean, we, we have our own analytics. There are amazing uh, ways to assess whether you are being biased or not. Uh, I hope I've answered your question. Oh, yeah, absolutely did. One of the things that you uh, you mentioned, and I, I want to I just make sure the audience gets this, is kind of it, it learns or you're training yourself on kind of some of the things that you're looking for or some of the things that come out of the data. And your name, you know, it's interviewer.ai. I would assume that if if not now, that in the future you've got some machine learning and AI built in to help recruiters kind of understand what's being said or not being said in the videos. Is that is that true? Absolutely. So what we are we focus on on explainable AI or a narrow version of AI, where we are looking at just look for this element. So um and one thing that's different on, on our platform is like, is that we, we care more about the hiring manager's data um, than we care about the recruiter's data. Because right. the hiring manager has, the, has an idea of what, this, what they want from this person and whether this person has, 
uh, done well or is doing well, is excelling in that organization or not. So we try to take that feedback again and again from the hiring manager and kind of reverse uh, engineer the patterns um, in, in what they, um, what the successful candidates or the most thriving candidates in, in those companies look like. Um, so initially we go with certain set of assessments and tests, but then the proof is in the pudding, right? Once you get hired and, and you, you start working in the organization, um, which are the successful candidates and uh, how can we further improve the algorithm for that company? You know, COVID made, made video interviewing uh, much easier for folks, right? Because before, mm -hmm. as, you, as you said, video interviewing as a, as a software category has been around for a few years. Um, but, but, you know, candidates, whether or not there was reluctance on the, on the recruiter side or hiring manager side, uh, or on the candidate side, it doesn't really matter, but, but, you know, everyone, everyone being remote, you, you had to kind of get over that kind of whatever intellectual or emotional hump. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, but now that, now that things, you know, again, we're not out of COVID totally understand that, but how do you feel like people kind of once COVID is done, how do you feel video, video interviewing, you know, how do you feel like, it, you know, do, have we learned something and we're just not going to go backwards? Um, or is it going to be kind of a blended? Some people are going to come into the office to do interviews. Some people will do video interviews. And uh, second question, and it relates, is what have y'all found in terms of people's feelings as it relates to video interviews? Like, do they do they prefer doing a video interview as as opposed to doing one in an office environment? Mm -hmm. These are great questions. Um, so we are almost a three year old company, and before COVID, I still remember we were working with a retail giant here in Singapore, and uh, we got just fifteen percent response from all applicants. Just fifteen percent response, and oh God, it's not gonna work. Nobody wants to take an interview. <laughs> um, and last year I was stuck in Germany before, just prior to that whole wave in Europe. Um, again, the same thing. Um, no, uh, it's disrespectful for candidates, um, to, for employees to ask candidates to take over the interview. Um, from that, we are seeing in some markets 70% uh, completion rates, we are seeing uh, on average, 40 plus completion rates on all applicants. And what we found is that we take feedback from every candidate the moment they take it. Um, and they love it. Um, simply because um, we operate in multiple time zones and candidates want to have the freedom to take and record whenever they feel like. And they want that opportunity to, to retake if, if they haven't done a, a good enough uh, uh, you know, interview. So those kind of things give them the freedom. Um, and Stop right there for yeah. just a sec, Sonny. Uh, I love this because it's it's fascinating because in real life, you know, real life, um, in a in an office environment, let's say, you're mm -hmm. sitting across the table from someone and they're asking you a battery of questions. You don't get a do-over. And mm -hmm. with a video interview, uh, especially your technology in particular, do you, do you give them like a, a certain number of do-overs or is it unlimited or, or is it until they feel really comfortable? Like, would, how do you, how do you feel about, I mean, first of all, I love it because I think, you mm -hmm. know, candidates generally are nervous about jobs. 
yeah. even the most confident of, uh, and some people just don't interview well, uh, but yeah. they're really, really great candidates. And so I like the do over. I'm actually a huge fan of it. Do you let the client kind of set that as a setting or mm-hmm. is it just something uh, that's kind of built into the technology? It, it, you're right. We let the client set it in. Uh, by default, it's as many times as you can. Right. Um, but willing uh, you be surprised that people, um, one, uh, people don't do too many do-overs unless they have made a fatal mistake, um, made, made a real screw up on what they were saying on the on the interview. They do not do a do-over because everybody is conscious of their time. Right. Um, and secondly, um, the behavior we are seeing is that even if you record a 10 minute video interview, uh, you are doing the same thing that you used to do over, over a resume. You'd look at 15 to 20 seconds of a response, uh, go, go to your favorite questions. Again, uh, look for certain things that you're looking at. You do a speech to text so you can read through the lines and you are making your short listening decision and sharing it with your teammates. Whether, um, of these three to five who, who should be invited for a face-to-face interview. So we are seeing that the number of face-to-face interview rounds are coming down drastically. Um, it's just a better so, way. It's, it's just a better way to interview, more efficient for everybody. Absolutely. So this, to me, is going to stay. And I know there's a lot of chatter um, across uh, you know, large organizations about hybrid way of working and whether this is going to stay uh, beyond the pandemic. Um, and, and in Singapore, because the location from one end to another is just 40 minutes, the, the feeling is that things are going to go back to normal. Um, I, I, I would be very surprised if that, that's what happens. Um, because if you look at, go, don't look at the enterprises, they are the slowest to change. Look at these small businesses, uh, Series A kind of companies, Series B kind of companies that are expanding from say 30 to 300. Um, they are putting up job roles that says location anywhere. Um, I have got clients that have hired in um, Argentina, in Colombia, in Nigeria, in Pakistan, in Bangladesh. And they are, it, it just works. It just um, this is your offices anywhere. You don't need a physical location to be operational as an organization. So I think that's going to be the future of work. So I've, I've said a couple of different times uh, that video interviewing uh, software as a category feels like, when done well, collaboration software. Because recruiters and hiring managers and sourcers, everybody can kind of look at a video and, and, you know, have their notes and see the same thing as opposed mm-hmm. to Bob interviewed Sally, then Jim interviewed Sally, then Ted interviewed Sally. And it's like, okay, they compare notes afterwards. They're all looking at the same video and then they can compare what they liked and didn't like and how they answered the question, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do your clients view it as a collaboration or, or as collaboration, not maybe a collaboration software that might not be the right way of thinking about it, but as more of a collaborative process? Uh, They do. Um, So, um, I mean, one of the first things that I would like to mention is that um, we are not this, you know, enterprise versus candidates, um, 
kind of a platform. It's more of a talent marketplace. So the candidates are, we give them total view of their video interview. We told them what the AI has scored them. Uh, we give them insights um, that would help them improve in, 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 the, in the near future. So we have, uh, we have been working with the seven largest universities here in Singapore and uh, training the final year students when they go for all these intern and first job roles in large organizations where um, there's typically no human interview. You have to sit through an asynchronous interview round. So we start there. And then, um, so they're prepared for the physical and the technical environment for the interview. Um, and once the, uh, the, all the interviews are given, uh, there's a recruiter, of course, who's looking at um, most of the candidates and doing a short list and uh, sharing it with the five to six uh, stakeholders in the hiring team for their feedback. It's a quick feedback as to, do you think uh, who should be invited for a face-to-face -face round? And then you just give a few ratings. Um, and typically uh, we have seen that it's, it goes back to how much of the people have made the effort to uh, you know, understand the company that they're joining in. Uh, they, do they understand the role? Um, and then uh, you know, one or two people are shortlisted for face-to-face -face interview rounds. And typically, you know, we've seen even in companies like in say uh, in a place like Dublin, they would schedule a hiring manager round as like a group interview for the chosen candidates because you're working in different time zones. I love that. Okay, two questions left. We've got five, six minutes. First is um, favorite part of the demo. So when you show somebody or you somebody on your team shows somebody um, interviewer.ai for the first time, what do clients and prospects at this point, what do they latch onto and just love? Um, we got a large um, ad tech platform recently and they love that they will not have to do a phone interview or ask <laughs> questions. Uh, just, the just, the re just the reduction of time and pain mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. Yeah. So initially we were, when we were going to market, we said time to hire, you know, quality of hire and cost of hire. Right. It's all time, time to hire. It's efficiency. They love it. They love that part. So favorite customer stories, and they can be recent customer stories where they're using inter interviewer.ai and they just, they've, you know, they can't imagine a life without it, or they're using it in a really unique way and things like that. You probably got hundreds of these, but just something that just one of your favorite stories that you like to tell. Um, I have two. One was as recent as last week and I was surprised. There was a hairstyling company from New York that's using her software to hire across their um, locations and they're worldwide, uh, which is very interesting for me because, um, you know, this, uh, when we built this technology, we were thinking it should be, you know, for customer facing roles. Um, so hairdressers, hairstylists are not the number one um, uh, use case that would have come to mind, uh, but yeah, apparently that's, they see a use case, so that's great. I love um, that. Yeah, so the other was we were, all right, customer-facing roles make sense, retail, hospitality, airlines. Uh, these are use cases that we work for. Um, one of the leading airlines is 
uh, is getting about 700 odd applicants for cabin crew. And they want to um, just focus on 50. Right. Because, you know, just 50 is what they could do uh, a good job of. And how can we help them do that? So it's very interesting how you come, come back, comes back to, you know, how you see your brand, um, how great are the communication skills, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they just love us uh, because it's just timely response to the candidates. They know exactly who they are shortlisting. Uh, it's very quick. And not so long ago, this used to be a walk-in, right. walk-in and a five-star right. pub, you know? So it's, the world has changed. And it's amazing that, um, yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to go back. This efficiency, you're getting used to it. It's like riding a Tesla after you've been on the, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's 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 interesting because again, the efficiency we're now baking that into our schedules. So to go back to something that's frankly inefficient, but also just not a great experience. Like if we think go, you know, if we think about the uh, candidate experience and recruiter experience, hiring manager experience, like you know, there's just the efficiency of just not wasting time, and that's that's good for candidates too. You know, they, they, you know, apply to something, they do, a, they answer a couple of questions. And then if, if they're not a fit or they're not seen as a fit, it's a quick response. They can kind of move on and, and you know, the, the, the process doesn't have to drag out. So I, I love it. Sonny, I, I absolutely appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for coming on the Use Case Podcast. It's a pleasure, William, and thank you. It's, it's an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.